Hey guys, welcome to the Better Way podcast where we have conversations about anything and everything pertaining to following Jesus in everyday life. I'm your host, Adam Winter, alongside co-host Matt Dorn, and we're also here with guest uh, Ryan Breland, who might not... Just shot an invisible gun. Yep. He might not be a guest. He might be a permanent try host, co-host. What's the third one? <laughs> try host. Try host. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying it. My hand hosting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we're all here, guys, and uh, this is our very first episode. Woo! Hippity hoppity, dippity boppity. Um, so today, uh, before we get started, can we just talk about how amazing this? This studio is that we're in right now? Oh, let me tell so you. So amazing. <laughs> NC I, Studio. I'm disappointed that this isn't a video podcast because... I uh, wish everybody could... I mean, if we if they saw it, they'd probably get jealous, you know? They didn't know we have money like that. Insane. Yeah. We drink a champagne over here, baby. We're yeah. literally sitting on bidets. <laughs> we, uh, bidets, yeah. <laughs> How do we afford these? Uh, no. <laughs> no, this is like literally a glorified closet. I don't. I don't even say glorified. Not closet. even a closet. It's a, yeah, not it's a large it's closet. Not we ain't even got a door. Yeah, yeah. We but, chilling uh, though. It's cool. We ain't even got the AC on. That's right. We're sweating. Uh, first episode. We are diving right into all the controversy. Not really. Um, but today we're just talking about kind of where to go. First episode wise, we're gonna be talking about how to respond when Christian figures fall, and you might be wondering why. Well. Uh, Two recent documentaries recently came out, some of which you might have looked into. One was on Hillsong uh, Church, based out of Australia, and Carl Lentz, who is a pastor in New York for the Hillsong New York campus. Uh, Then another documentary came out right after that on the Duggar family, uh, that family that had like a thousand kids and was really popular in the 2000s. So both of these had stories. We're not going to talk extensively about, I mean, we might talk a little bit about those things, but about figures within those two arenas that were very Christian, uh, but also had secrets going on in their life, which led to their downfall, exposure, and all of the aftermath of those two things. And uh, this is kind of coming off of, I think, like, guys, we could talk about this too, the the podcast that came out a couple years ago, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, which was on Mark Driscoll. Um, and I feel like that one really seemed like to me that it, sort of popularized looking at in depth at Christian figures that have downfalls. So yeah, I kind of just want to talk about just as the leading question here, what do you guys think about, and we can just kind of go wherever, but what, what is the fascination? I don't know if that's the right word, but what is the interest in looking at the downfall of Christian figures? Why is that entertaining to us? If we'd be so honest, uh, why do we want to look in depth at those things? Let's start there to see where conversation goes. So either you guys want to take that away and just go for it. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because um, you, you you phrased it in the way like it it can be so entertaining. Yeah, and there is something to that about that where I, I don't know if it's the curiosity where you're just like I want to know what happened or like what was the thing because um, when it comes to things like a Mars Hill and you have uh, uh, or Hillsong, or even the Duggar family, and those scenarios, um, they're all based around Christian principles and values. They, they uphold very similar things to what we all mm-hmm. would, would hold and have agreement on. And and then when you see something like that fall, you're like, man, what happened and what went wrong? And so I, I know for, for me, there's a lot of curiosity, um, especially with the Marshall thing. I want to know, like, okay, what really happened? And th- but But then when I get caught up in those things... I, 
I find myself forgetting the why did I start listening to this in the first place, <laughs> and it, it turns really easily for me into entertainment. I want to know what happens next. Yeah. Oh, I found out one gym. Let me find, are there more gems here mm-hmm. to be hidden? And there's something that's gratifying about that as probably disgusting as that sounds. Yeah. I think, well, we do that with like celebrities too, right? I mean, we love to build up celebrities and the only thing we like more is to watch them crash and burn. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when you're, you know, checking out groceries in Publix, there's a million, you know, magazines talking about fill in the blank celebrity and how they're getting divorced or how they're fat now and, you know, doing crack or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you're fat and doing crack at the same time. Shout (laughs) out to celebrities, but yeah, we, I don't know. I, again, there's something in us that, like, maybe it's just jealousy or envy where we like to see someone else crash and burn, and it's, like, satisfying to us. Maybe we're not content with our own lives, and, you know, we want to see, oh, it's maybe gratifying to think, you know, I'm not happy where I am, and it makes me happier to know that somebody else's life is worse than mine because mm-hmm. we're just that depraved, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'll just be honest. Uh I don't know how honest we get to be on this podcast, but I feel like honesty is just a good policy always, right? So with a figure like Mark Driscoll, um, just speaking for me personally, I know a lot of people really loved his early ministry and were really, I, I mean, you guys, I know you and, and I didn't fully like, you know, disavow the guy, but he was never someone that I really was drawn to. He, it just his personality um, came off... Uh, Abrasive, maybe. <laughs> yeah, what's the word? Say abrasive. Abrasive. Abrasive is the kindest way to put it. Yeah, that personality did not super jive with me. Um, I did. I did like that he said some things that other people weren't willing to say. That was like as far as I could go with it. But he was never a guy I was listening to or following. And so, honestly, part of me when the when the documentary dropped, the podcast dropped um, a year or two ago, I. Like internally, it was just like, like you said, Matt, just like, okay, what what were the details? Like, tell me more about this. But then another part of me very quickly became like, I told you so kind of attitude. Mm. It was kind of like this attitude of like, I mean, I I saw this coming and this dude had this written all over him the whole time. And this is kind of why I avoided him. It it very quickly gravitated into kind of some Mm -hmm. self-righteous territory for me Mm -hmm. um, to where, yeah, I, 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 I honestly, I didn't finish it. And that's just me personally, because I found myself kind of getting pretty pretty self-righteous and it like yeah. you said it, it turned yeah. into entertainment like ooh, like where's the popcorn yeah. let me see what, what's yeah. gonna happen yeah. next and uh i wrestled with it for maybe the opposite I've, i mean we've talked about this off air but like i feel like i learned sometimes the wrong lesson from these things because like i <laughs> yeah. i watched the i've been listening to the rise of fall of mars hill and i was like i love this guy like yeah i mean again there were not everything right but there are some things where it's like yeah like i love that he went to a culture the golden years was yeah, radically anti-Christian and was calling people to do hard things and calling again where we live. It's not really a big deal to call young men to get married. Like, you know, you got 19 years, guys, 19 years old out here ready to mm-hmm. propose and get married. Mm-hmm. So it's not that crazy out here, but in Seattle, that's, you know, that's outside. That's insane. It's countercultural. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's going into a very different place and calling them to do hard things. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Yeah, I mean, there's he talked. There's an episode where he talked about how he called the men at his church, like we're going to do a men's conference, and there's no frills, no thrills, no you know. He's just basically like we're not even turning on the AC for you guys. <laughs> like, come, it's going to be hot. Yeah. If you show up late, we're going to lock the doors. But it was, I appreciate that again. You know, where it's calling men to be men and do hard things, and so get on the bus, get on the bus, or we'll get ran over, over by the bus, and like. Classic. Yeah, 
I don't know. It was again. There were things that were like, no, I'm with you. There's evil and there. wrong, but there are things where it's like, I dig it, you know. And yeah. even with the Carl Lentz, you know, I, I watched that one, and I was kind of hesitant to get into it because I know my own tendency to get cocky and arrogant and cynical toward the church. Um, but in watching it, there were moments where I just honestly, I was like, man, I dig this Carl Lentz guy. Like I didn't know much about him until watching the podcast, but I was like, I, you know, again, there are things that are not good. And the thing I appreciate is like, he could look back and say, yeah, no, there were definitely red flags and problems in my life and things I didn't take care of and wasn't accountable for. And I appreciate that he's able to look back and learn from his mistakes and, I don't know. Yeah. So let's talk about this, guys, with the Carl Lentz uh, piece there. So those of you that are listening, you may or may not even know, like, who the heck we're talking about. Yeah. These are pastors. Marceau was a huge megachurch pastor in Seattle in the 2000s. <clears throat> He's now pastoring a church, I believe, in Phoenix. Um, Carl Lentz was a pastor for many years in New York City. And in 2020, I think, was when he got it got discovered. Uh, you could, you know, if you wanted to look this up, you could. It's not like... <laughs> Super fun read, but yeah. he, yeah, he got, found out that he was having, um, affairs, multiple affairs. And so that came out into the light and, uh, and I'm not pro affair yes, for the record. That's was, not the thing yes. that I liked about Carl Lentz. <laughs> yeah. Good. I'm anti-affair. <laughs> anti-affair. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. Just to I clarify. Might, I might go so far as to say it's sin to Ooh, cheat on your wife. I, I, I said it, that's, you know, that's, no, I'll stand by that. With yeah. Carl Lentz, I think where Ryan's getting that. And I would agree. Like you kind of, it's hard not to root for the guy in some, at some level. Cause when you watch a documentary, I mean, he's been out of the ministry for three years now and fully would agree that he is now disqualified just kind of from what has happened in that area, but he is seemingly taking all the right steps to, he seems very repentant, very repentant. He's, he's fighting for his marriage. He's fighting for his kids. He's Mm. very, seems, seems to be very genuinely broken. Yeah. So, you know, you're rooting for his marriage, you're rooting for his family. Uh, and, and on that note and, you know, the Duggar stuff, we don't really have to get into either. There was other stuff that came into light there. Again, a lot of these things are, and this is where I want to kind of transition to a topic on just uh, discussion on secrecy. Because a lot of these figures get found out. It's not like they just come up to the mic and say, hey, I need to let you know about all this stuff that's been going on behind the scenes. You know, with Driscoll, it was more of domineering leadership. It was a lot of secret stuff going on there with with Lentz and with with the Duggar family. There was sin that was hidden and got brought into the light. And so um, I think I'm just seeing, you know, in myself, like I kind of mentioned a little bit, but also I think kind of as a as humanity, we have this thing where it's, it is really easy to scoff at people who get exposed and to be like, Oh man, like, I can't believe they did that. Or like, yeah, you know, I mess up, but like they, man, look at how they really messed up. And we might not even frame it that way, but I think internally it's easy to kind of scowl and look down on people who get found out in really grotesque ways. Um, when the reality is so many of us have secret parts of ourselves, right. Mm -hmm. That, if we got, I remember, I think it was Chandler or somebody at one point in the sermon said, like, can you just imagine for a minute if every disgusting thing you've done was, like, posted up on these screens right here on screen right and left, just for everybody to see yeah. how that would make you feel. And I remember that stuck with me because, yeah, I mean, like, we've all got parts of ourselves that, you know, we either have been exposed or we have, by the grace of God, willingly confessed and exposed ourselves. But we would never want what these figures have gone through to happen to us and uh any thoughts on that, guys? Yeah. Uh, oh, Matt, you talk. I've said a lot. Oh, I, I was just going to say, I think bridging off of what we've already said, the idea of getting, when we get caught up in the stories, 
and we get so interested where maybe it may, might start at start out as curiosity and leads to more like entertainment. Mm-hmm. What it happens is we can start just believing that about those people and it can make us cynical and self-righteous. Mm-hmm. And so we start believing that it can never be, that can never be me or that's so deplorable and sick. And I can't believe that happened. And so we start believing that lie that that can never happen to us. And we never do the internal perspective of like, well, what are the secrets that I'm keeping in my life? How am I not? It, it really reminds me a lot of first John, like in, in the, that whole passage where he's talking about like, this is the message we have heard and proclaimed to you and say that God is light and in him, there's no darkness. And if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses from all sin. And so just that reminder of like, of, of walking in the light and light, light's going to expose. And I've seen in my own personal life when I've been caught in my sin, mm. how, the damaging effects that happen on, mm-hmm. on, a, on a small level, uh, let alone on a large level like these, these instances are. Yeah. And so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that can be learned from that. But I, I, I think uh, getting to your question about, um, about that is when we hear of these stories, they should be reminders not just about like the detail of us just trying to figure out what went wrong or why did they do that or all these things. Yes, yes, we, we should, you know, listen and hear and discover those, those things if we want to. But it's, it really should be more of like, okay, how am I practicing like that? What can I learn? learn? What, what, yeah. what can I learn and, and not do and not make it more about finding out the details and the facts. Mm. And so, so for, 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 for sake of knowledge, but more so of like, okay, God, I need to pray for those people. Uh, and I need to pray for myself to not be caught off guard like they were or put myself in a position like they did yeah. or, um, and, and learn from that instead of just being more, instead of it letting us become more self-righteous or letting us become more, um, entertained by that fact because it is doing something to us whether yeah. we realize that or not it's it's making us more cynical it's making us and that's quite honestly why i've heard a lot about this but i have not like gone down the route to to listen to it or yeah. to, to read about it uh number one <clears throat> there, there could be agendas that that are i mean oh, that, that's, that's the other thing to think is, about there's, yeah. there's agendas and how people are presenting these things e- even though it is true like these mm-hmm. things are these things happen affairs happen right wrong things sinful things happen by these christian people mm-hmm. just goes to show us that nobody's perfect that's why yeah. we need jesus but it, it it does mean that there are lessons that we can learn there's a very obvious like agenda in the mars hill one of trying to make the church look bad right you know and it's one of those where it's like yeah is this and that's again for me where i at first i was kind of hesitant to watch it and then i don't know it was just bored on a saturday and we watched it <laughs> uh but yeah, sorry, keep going. But no, it's it's a huge lesson to get to back to the question of secrecy and it can be so easy to scoff at someone or to to be put off by someone who whose secrets are found out, but to turn that in on ourselves and ask ourselves the questions, what are the secrets that we're keeping hidden? What are the things that we're not putting in the light? There's a couple passages that like for me are very just I hope um encourage us and point us to like the joy of repenting and the joy of confessing. Like in Psalm 32, David talks about like when I did not confess, like it ate away with me. Like, you know, like it hurt. Like he yeah. just talks about like in my chest, like I felt count. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he says, like, it felt like the Lord's hand was on me. Like the shame of that. Just, I think we've all felt that mm-hmm. and that's why we keep it secret. But it, again, when we keep it secret, it's just like, it's eating at us. It's like heavy in us. It's just, you feel like everybody knows and they're looking at you mm-hmm. and you don't want to confess it. And then he goes on to talk about like the joy and the freedom of repenting, of confessing and putting it out there. And I think like, 
that ultimately, like, I feel like should be a, a encouragement again to repent and confess. I know it may seem like, why would I repent? Why would I confess? Because it's admitting that we've done something bad. But again, when we like keep it bundled up inside, like it, it hurts, you know, and it, leads, and then, it can lead to these places of yeah. destruction. I mean, yeah. James one, it just makes you think of, mm-hmm. starts out with this little luring enticing thing. Yeah, right? it, yeah. It's carrying you down this path toward destruction to yeah. death. And then really Ephesians five also talks about like, you know, it says take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead expose them. Mm-hmm. It says it's shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. Uh, but the evil t- intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. That is why it said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And that's just like, yeah, again, like, it's very clear. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil. Instead, expose them. And, like, again, it's hard, and it feels shameful because I think we're afraid of what people are going to think about us and, like, what the consequences may be. But, like, Do you think there's so it, much um, freedom on the other side of confessing and repenting. For sure. Do, do you think it, because I think with me, like, this sounds like I'm justifying these people, which I'm definitely not doing, but it does make me think, like, these platforms that they have are so enormous that, and I do think we've pedestalized, we've, we've pest, pedest, can't say that word, Ooh. pedestalizing, pedestalized them, put them on a pedestal. There it is. Um, to where, I, I don't even know, like, the, like, if they have, if they feel like they have people that they can confess to like imagine mm-hmm. like what would happen to their life if they did have i don't know it just i've just been thinking through that and, and i haven't even fully thought it out but just like it, it just seems like these people lacked accountability um yeah. for sure mm-hmm. I, I mean I, we don't know we're not there with them but it, it appears like they didn't have they weren't invested in deep accountable relationships mm-hmm. and almost didn't have communities where they felt like they could confess these things before they got you know, spinning out of control. Yeah. And so kind of coming off that, talking less about them, but us talking, bringing it down to kind of our level and the listener's level, like what does it look like for us to create safe places to confess to one another? You know, we, like you just said, we've all said it, like confession is such an important part of following Christ. Like mm-hmm. James five sixteen five thirteen, one of those confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. Um, there's a healing that takes place when we confess our sins, yes, to God, but to one another. I think it's mm-hmm. it's sometimes easier to confess your sin to God because you're like... Because God's not looking back at yeah, you. He's yeah, he's got you every time with the, yeah, you're yeah. forgiven, yeah. my child. Like, And when we go to each other, you know, that can kind of depend. We're, we're, we're human. We, we feel things, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're the one on the opposite side of that confession. If you're the one that's been sinned against. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a lot of complex things going on there. But what does it look like for us to be to create safe environments to where we're, we're approachable in that way, if that makes sense, to where people can come to us, where we can go to other people as well. Um, not only as Christian leaders, you know, all three of us are pastors, but just as, as anybody. Like, how, how do we create that, that invitation for people to feel comfortable approaching us with their sin? Um, and how do we take our sin to other people? Like, what, what, what components need to be in place for us to, to create environments like that? I know it's kind of really complicated question but it makes sense to me yeah i think well you two have been very huge and role models for me just like your own transparency and honesty and like so that a is like when you see other people who are open and honest and like it's like oh okay i'm not the only one like Mm -hmm. i don't feel maybe as shameful or as embarrassed um so one is just yeah seeing other people open honest and then two i think it's like also having people who aren't who aren't impressed by you and who are willing to call you on your crap, right? Yeah. Because it's, again, like, I think we're going to talk about this, but it's one thing to, you know, 
feel bad because you got caught and feel bad because you're going to suffer the consequences. And I don't know. I just remember I heard a pastor at my old church said, you know, if I w- went so far as to cheat on my wife, why wouldn't I lie to you guys about it? And it's just like mm-hmm. a very, you know, it's yeah. just a very, I think, honest statement. Mm-hmm. But then having people who are going to, like, all right, like, yeah, we're going to call you on your crap. And like, you can't lie to us. And not in the sense of like, again, you may try, but like, we're we're going to be willing to have hard conversations with you. I think again, you can run from it and you can hide from it, but that's on you. But people who are like, I'm going to chase you down for the most part, or I'm gonna, you know, you, yeah, you run away, that's on you. But I'm not gonna give you an easy out on this. And I think that's I'm thankful for that for guys like you guys and other guys in my life who are like, all right, like I'm not gonna let you off easy. And that's again, it's hard to do, but it's the most loving thing <clears throat> to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking too, just about um, even in some of these cases and. Um, just being approachable, like uh, several things that came to my mind. One, in some of these cases, there's a lot of people who are in power. Mm. And I, all, all this stuff makes me think about um, uh, Stanley's Spider-Man quote, with great power comes great responsibility, mm-hmm. right? It, that just makes me think of that. And just thinking about the, the, the power that you have, the power that we all have, whether we're in like a high leadership thing or not, uh, our sin affects one another. Our secrets affect one another, whether we realize that or not. Mm. Um, our sin does. And um, <clears throat> us not dealing with it and uh, or us dealing with it, it's going to affect people. But there's a lot of responsibility that goes into that. And so we need to be responsible for ourselves um, in how we deal with that. And so for one of the things that I was thinking about with this is just cultivating a heart and attitude of humility and just how, how to cultivate that humility yeah. of, of how do I, how do I expose myself to other people? I think like you were saying, um, like I need to be transparent, honest. I need to have people who, who don't believe my press, yeah. you know, yeah. cause that's, that's not a huge thing you, yeah. cause they're, they're mm-hmm. not impressed. And, and I've got to, cause, cause I can so easily just entertain myself and believe my own press. Like I'm okay. Nothing's bothering me or, um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm chilling. I'm good. And you got to have people who are going to ask those honest questions and who are like. I think it also, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. No, I, uh, I just thought about, about this. To but I, yeah, but, <laughs> I do want to interrupt. I don't mean yeah. to interrupt. Let me not lie. Really I'll confess. Really. I very much wanted to interrupt. <laughs> uh, I think one of the things I've just been, I was thinking about is like, uh, it, it reveals a fundamental misunderstanding of the gospel. Like that okay, I'm scared to open up. I'm scared to be honest because I don't think God will forgive me. I don't think my church family will forgive me. And like, it's, or maybe this idea of like, you know, I, yeah. Oh, I need to, you know, clean myself up. I need to fix myself. I need to get, get back. Right. And, you know, maybe we think of God like Pharaoh, right. Who's here to punish and here to condemn and not a father who's willing to take us in and, you know, show forgiveness and grace. And maybe we, even that's how we view the church and, you know, thinking like, man, these aren't my brothers and sisters who love me and want to see me restored. And we think of them as, you know, my know, opponents or yeah. enemies who are like going to yeah. also condemn me. So, so I you feel believe like, that lie of yeah. like, hey, it's this way when it's actually the opposite. These are people who are around us who are for God and they're for us in the sense of like yeah. becoming more like Christ. Yeah. Right. And so they want to see that happen. And it and could be that. It could but, be that. I, I'm thinking yeah. about fear of consequences though that's yeah. a huge reality yeah. as well There's, i think a lot of, i think i'm looking at these figures that we oh, talked yeah. about 
there's a reason they didn't want to come to light. And it might have it might have been what you just shared because I think that's a huge piece. But yeah. I also think like the reality of when my sin either does find me out or or I do confess it, there's natural consequences that are going to happen as a result of that. Yeah. And who but, wants that? Yeah, I think it was like Driscoll. Like I mean, he didn't recognize his own sin, right? Like uh, he. Mm-hmm. Thought he was justified and thought he was, you know, doing everything right. And again, I think that's like a un- misunderstanding of the gospel and the I am the, you know, I'm the leader, I'm the figurehead, I'm above reproach just because mm-hmm. of my position and title and my success, and not being willing to willing to subject yourself to people who are quote unquote lesser. Mm-hmm. And I think it's again just mis, rec- you know, not understanding. Hey, you're a sheep. You know, you're a sheep just like the rest of us, and like. And I think that's what you were getting at, Adam, with the fact of how um, these platforms that these people have—they they just outgrow their their character, mm-hmm. and where, where they're able to where they're where where their character is able to be sustainable enough to handle that kind of platform. Yeah, totally. And and mm-hmm. and that's a that's a danger. And so for for ourselves, just <clears throat> lessons that we can learn on and how we can practically look out for our own selves, our own our own ways. Is you know we've talked about humility. We talked about having the right people around who are not. Um, not believe in our bull yeah. crap, um, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and just uh, uh, taking taking the low road, just constantly cultivating that practice of humility in our lives, and so yeah, guys, and and uh, on the on the line, on the note of consequences, running from consequences, I like just to speak personally, not to get into the nitty gritty of my own life, but I mean, there's certainly been occasions where I've been both found out, and I've thankfully by the grace of God felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit and confessed my sin without being found out. So both of those things have happened to me at different times in my life. Um, But in running from the consequences, like I think like there was a, there was a lie that I believed or I don't know if that's the right way to frame it, but I I think all of us, whoever's listening, we all want to have a close relationship with Christ. Like we want to have a deep communion with God. We want to grow in a relationship with Christ. We want to experience the love of God in a tangible way. We want to be blessed, whatever, whatever language you want to wrap it in. And, And what I would say is, those things can't happen if we're hiding our sin. Um, and, and I kind of had to learn that, and it took me way too long to learn that. But I thought like, okay, I can keep this sin hidden because Jesus has forgiven it. It's already forgiven, and I'll just talk to God about it, but I don't need to let anyone else into it. Um, and God's still going to be for me. And like, he does still love me. It's not like he's casting us out of his family, but but there's a lack, there's a break in fellowship that happens there mm-hmm. when we're willing to like, when we're not willing, rather, to to expose our sin. If we're like, I, I want God to bless me and to be for me, and I want to experience deep and rich communion with him, but also I want to hide my sin. Right. Yeah. And that, man, that just cannot happen. So, I mean, if you're listening and that is you, um, I mean, that's part of what this podcast is going to be about, is, is all of us bringing it down to our level. Like, how do we need to respond to the things we're consuming, to the things that we're hearing, to the things that we're watching, to the to the narratives floating around society? How can we respond to those things? And so if you're listening and you've been in a place where that resonates. You're like, man, I, I want I'm just, there's a wall between me and God. I don't know what it is. I'm not saying it's always sin that you're hiding, but I'm saying it can be. So it, mm-hmm. it could just be something that you reflect on as we reflect on it too. You know, there's all kinds of areas where each of us can grow, but, um, we don't want to be, you know, too long winded with the, with the first episode today. We want you to come back and keep listening. So we're not going to go on and on with it, but the way this podcast is going to work going forward, we're going to drop bi-weekly episodes. Um, so every other week we're going to drop an episode. Also, if you're coming to our church, well, I don't even know if, I don't even know if we said that, but we're, we're part of New Covenant Church in Greenwood, South Carolina. I assume most people listening go to the church. We just started a Bible reading campaign. It's a 90-day reading plan that we're reading from June 5th all the way through the end of August. Every Wednesday, we're going to be dropping a special episode called Wednesday in the Word, whoop, whoop, where we... Um, <laughs> 
It's always, <laughs> yeah, it's always awkward when you're the only guy that says whoop whoop. It's like nobody yeah, else. Sorry. We I, need the crowd noise and the We horns. need the sign that, yeah, lights up for crowd <clears throat> yeah. applause and yeah. then we know to applaud. <laughs> for sure. So, yeah, anyway, we're going to have regular bi- bi-weekly episodes like we did today. But also every Wednesday through the summer, we're going to be dropping these special episodes where we're going to pull up the chapter that we're reading that particular day. And we're going to be talking through that um, together, just kind of exploring the, the implications of that in our own lives. So hopefully you keep listening. If this has been helpful to you or enjoyable to you or whatever, uh, like and subscribe, share it with a friend, all that good stuff. But uh, we love you guys and we hope to see you next time.